there's a very well-known uh, cult leader, and they just couldn't convince him that, you know, the Bible was the only real truth that was around, and that all the other religions weren't quite the same. Just couldn't be convinced. So one day, God, in his great mercy and grace, gave him a, a dream. And in this dream, he sees a representation of all the religions of the world on an altar. And then the fire falls on that altar. Everything is destroyed except one thing, a Bible totally unmarked. He gave his life to Jesus and became a Christian. This uh, book, by the way, cannot be destroyed. <laughs> it is eternal. <laughs> it is Jesus himself. This, this will endure for ages to come. It cannot be destroyed. The world is trying to destroy this book and eliminate it, which we're gonna sort of talk about today, um, uh, but that cannot be done. It's impossible because you're actually trying to destroy God, destroy Jesus, which, of course, we know is impossible. Do you know, a lot of people don't actually believe the, the entire Bible. They just kind of believe parts of it, and they like to remove parts, you know, twink out the bits that they don't like, and, uh, but you can't do that. Uh, we here believe it, the, the Bible is without error. Uh, the inerrancy of the Bible, it is truth. The whole thing can be believed from beginning to end. Uh, 2 Timothy, is it 3 verse, uh, somewhere in there? Let me see there, verse 16. All scripture, everyone say it with me, all scripture, yeah, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Sometimes this book will reprove you, by the way. Sometimes it will correct you. Are you all right with that? You know, sometimes you're gonna read it and it's gonna, ah, it's gonna hurt. But that's what the Bible does because it's there to change your life and move you in the right direction. So all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for doctrine. So I got the, read this um, quote a while ago. The Bible will offend you if you don't truly know its author. There's stuff in here that is offensive. You know, that person that's hurt and abused and done damage to you, go and forgive them. What do you mean, God? Offended. But if you know the author, if you know Jesus, that he only wants the best for you, that he loves you, and anything he tells you to do is for your good, then you will not be offended by what you read in this book because there are some pretty tough things in here. Would you agree with me? There's some pretty challenging statements in here that some that I'm still trying to come to terms with, to be honest. I believe them, but to actually outwork them in my life is not the easiest thing to do. There's a scripture in Isaiah 59, 14, and 15 that's had my attention for many years now. Justice is turned back. Righteousness stands afar off. For truth is fallen in the street. Oh my gosh. How truth has fallen in our society, in our world today. It's a frightening, frightening thing. Uh, one of the sad things is that the truth has not only fallen in the street, but to a certain extent it's also fallen in the church and fallen among believers. The percentage of Christians who do not open their Bible Monday to Friday is alarmingly high. Some would put it as high as 85%. And so it's hard to walk in truth if you're not 
reading the truth of God's word. So the question we ask today is, what is truth? This is a, this is a topic that really grips my attention a lot. Um, one of the reasons I think maybe why it does that is when I got saved, probably the, in a lot of people, different revelations when they get saved, some people think of the forgiveness of God, the love of God, and, and he's gonna help you through your struggles. People have all these different revelations. The revelation I got was that I had found the truth. And so that's the thing that's kind of like always, always got a hold of my life, that I found the truth. And so to, it'd be no problem for me to believe this whole book and everything it says and to believe everything Jesus said because I know he is the truth and I had found the truth. But people today are more confused than ever before. Am I right? Like, we've got more information, more knowledge than ever before, but we're more completely confused than we have. And we have no idea that what we're hearing or what we're reading is actually true. They even talk about fake news. You know, so I mean, I watch the news and I'm starting to think, is that true? Is that, is that right? Is that, I know they're saying that, they've even showing us the pictures, but is it actually true? Is it actually right? Because I go to another channel and they'll give you a whole different story. And I'm thinking, who, who, what is true here? You know? And so it's a big question, isn't it, today? And on a broader scale, what is truth? Because years ago, you had to earn the right to be heard. People wanted to know your credentials. But today, anyone can get online, get on Facebook, get on TikTok, get on whatever, and express all their views. And you don't know who you're hearing, you don't know who you're listening to, so it's the, the, the massive confusion just goes more and more extreme. And some people, unfortunately, hope no one here, don't even bother to find out the credentials of the person they're listening to. No one's like that, are you? Like, no one, anyone like No, I'm sure you're not like that in this place, because you're a really smart bunch here and online, I'm sure of that, but we do need to be careful what we listen to. So when you remove the foundation of truth, which is the Bible, upon which civilization was built, then people lose their way. The world loses its way. And you reject truth, foundation of civilization, you know why the world is in utter chaos today. I read this statement that, that God is being removed from the world. God is being removed. That's what they're trying to do all over the place. Just trying to, what happens when you remove God in your thinking, in your life, in your thoughts? You are going to have chaos. You are gonna have disaster. You're gonna have trouble on every side and every front. That's exactly what is happening in our days. This is the tragedy of our times. We are living in a time where truth has died. And it needs to be resurrected, to be honest. So one of our cultures as Church Unlimited is that the Bible is our foundation. So one of the goals that we have, I have, is to restore you know, the Bible to a central place in the church and into, also into our lives. So to restore the broken altar of Bible reading. To rebuild the broken altar of Bible reading. Who reckons that's a pretty good thing to go after? We need to restore the Word of God um, because it is, it is a hope, it is a, it's a way, it's life, it's how we have our future. So we need a Bible reading revival. 
We've had, we've had a, talked a lot about a prayer revival, which is great, but I think at the same time we need a Bible reading revival. And I trust some of you are starting to read your Bible a little bit more. I think it's about my, my fourth message along those lines that we have been talking about. So, because the more you build your life on what the Bible teaches, the better your life will be. That's right. it's, it's as simple as that. And uh, <laughs> let me give you another scripture on this. John 17, verse 17. Your word is truth. You know, the Bible used, the world used to recognize this book as, as truth. You know, they used to, and this, occasionally I see it still, but you know, they, you're in the stand and you're a witness, you've got to put your hand and maybe you're the defendant, you've got to put your hand on the Bible, I swear to tell the whole truth, you know, the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Remember they used to do that and then they just lie fully, you know, <laughs> they just tell lie after lie after lie. But it, it used to be, this book used to be like, this is the pillar of truth. Yeah. Society recognized it. It's going church, it's disappearing. We gotta wake up to what is going on out there. We need a Bible reading revival. We gotta restore this book to the highest place. It is the salvation of the world. It is the hope of the world. It is the direction. This is where you get life. This is, because as I said, the more you're in this book, the more you know how to live your life and what God wants to do in your life. John 14 verse six says this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is not a what, it's a who. It's a person. Jesus is truth. The more you know Jesus, the more you will walk in truth. The more you read the Bible, the more you'll walk in truth. And that's what leads to the best possible life on earth. Now some would say this, that the church has maybe failed this generation by not giving them fully the truth. Mm. Because Bible teaching and truth in some places, not everywhere, has been diluted. Maybe to be more relevant, maybe to be more engaging, I don't know the reasons. But our enemy has slowly and surely dismantled truth with catastrophic consequences. Society is collapsing, has collapsed, and it's only gonna get worse. Because when you dismantle truth, you dismantle the foundations upon which your life was to be built, society was to be built, and the end result of this is brokenness, emptiness, hopelessness. I rest my case. Our world is full of it. You cannot remove God. You cannot remove this book and think that things are going to be okay. It's not gonna happen. It's true for our lives, it's true for society as well. It's true for your life personally as well. You cannot remove this book. You cannot remove that relationship with God and expect life is gonna work out okay for you. So if you were to ask me, because I've been on this journey a few years now, I know a couple of things. I don't know everything, but I know a couple of things. You came up to me one day and said, look, Pastor, what's the one piece of advice that you would give me on my life's journey? What would it be? There's probably a number of things that would come to mind, but right at the top of the list, my advice would be to you, get into this book, read it every day, and obey what it says. If you will do that, probably one of the best things I think I could, advice that I could give you, and I would promise you, 
It will give you a far better life than if you don't do uh, take that piece of advice. So we're to be stewards of truth. You know one way you steward truth? Live a life that reflects the truth. Reflects Jesus. So people look at you and they see a, a manifestation of what Jesus is like. That's reflecting truth to a lost and a broken world. And what that actually means is that one of the important things of that is that our lives need to be the same on the outside as on the, and, and the inside. They need to be the same. Because uh, Psalm 51 verse 6 says, you tr- desire truth in the inward parts. So who we are on the outside, what we look like, it needs to be matched by who we are on the inside. So what we do on the outside and what we do in the dark, it kind of all matches up. We're not two different people. That's the problem with when you go on social media. You don't know who you're listening to. You don't know the life of the person that's behind that screen. It may sound fantastic what they're saying, but truth, friends, is when our lives align. What's on the outside matches what's on the inside, and we reflect Jesus to a broken world. That's how we uphold truth. That's how we manifest truth to a a lost world. We demonstrate to them through our lives, not only through this book. We can all preach and shout and clap like I do. But if you want to manifest truth, hey, reflect Jesus, who is the truth, and see how that affects the people around you. There was a youth conference a number of years ago. I read this, I heard this a while back. And the turning point was when this 12 and 14-year-old boy stood up and he said to the panel of speakers, I've just got one question. He said, I've struggled with my life and several times I've tried to take my life. And he said, I want you to answer this question. Please tell me the truth. Tell me what my life actually means. What does my life actually mean? It was a very good question. Do you know the answer to that question is only found in the Bible? Yeah. That only the Bible can tell you who you are, who, who I am, why I'm here, what's my purpose. All of those questions are only answered in this book. But at the same time, the world will tell you all these lies. Yeah. It will tell you that you are worthless, that you have no future, you know, that, that God doesn't love you, that there is no meaning to life. There is no plan that God has. There is no, no life afterwards. It tells you all these lies, and often the lies are putting you down and making you feel that, gosh, life is actually not worth living. I'm just a, an ant. I'm just, I'm just, you know, like a worm, like David said. I'm worthless. So the world, if you listen to the world, they're going to tell you these lies all the time, and you're going to end up feeling like, I'm, I'm just a nobody. I'm a nothing. It's, life's not going to come to anything. If the future's hopeless, uh, might as well eat, drink, and be merry, because it's not worth anything. But if we go to this book, friends, it starts to tell us a different story. It starts to tell us that you are of value. It starts to tell you that you are made in the image of God, that you are loved, that you are wonderfully and beautifully made, that you're not a mistake, that you are loved by God, that you have a future, that you have a purpose, that you are a child of God, you are a friend of God, that, that, that the, the blessing of God is on your life. You are of infinite worth, or you're of infinite value, so much that Jesus died on the cross for you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I had to repeat that because some of you are not sure about that. The Bible fills you with hope. It fills you with purpose. It fills you with future. It fills you with destiny. It fills you with, 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 with the, the fact that your life is worth living. There is meaning to life. There is purpose to your life. It's not just a dead-end street going nowhere. But friends, you'll never know that if you're not consistently in this book. Yeah. Because the world is preaching at you all the time that you're worth nothing. 
There's no value to your life. God hasn't got a great plan for you. Don't listen to that nonsense. Your future's dark. That's what the world will tell you. You believe that? You're going to end up really depressed, really discouraged. And maybe you want to give up on life, which, of course, is happening to a lot of people. We have to know we're of value. We have to know we're made in, well, we're made in God's image. Well, let me get to that point right now. There was a dialogue between an arch-atheist and a recently converted atheist. And the arch-atheist said, 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 tell me the one thing that Christianity has done that no other religion has done. The new convert said this, the glory of Christianity is it gives mankind the highest dignity and it says we are made in the image of God. Imago Dei. No other religion, no other worldview will give you that. God gives us the greatest value and dignity that is absolutely possible by making us in the image of God. You have dignity, you have value, you are worth. No other religion will offer you that, friends. This is an amazing God we serve. Incredible. That's why I just love the thoughts about truth and what this book actually teaches because that's, that's what the book teaches. That's all I'm telling you here today. So postmodernism, if we go to that, says there's no such thing as absolute truth. Now, this stuff guts me, man, I'm telling you. So university students are now taught that there's really, there's no, there are no absolutes, you know? There's no, morality is not an absolute, and uh, we no longer understand what is, what is good, what is beautiful, what is evil, what is destructive. So therefore, all choices are equal because we no longer know what's good and what's bad. So if you're in most organizations now and you still believe in the sanctity of marriage and the sacredness of the body, you are a bigot, you are conservative, you know, you're a trouble to society, you know, you're, 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 you're judgmental because the world, no, the world said, no, there's no absolute truth. I can believe whatever I want to believe. You can't tell me what to believe. Well, excuse me, here is a book that tells you what you can believe. There is a book that sets some standards. There is a book that sets some, some, uh, some things of what we can and what we can't, can't do, and this book does not change. It does not, the rules do not change. The guidelines do not change. The truth does not change. It's not one thing one week and something else another week. It doesn't change. Society is changing values. Society is changing truth. Society is changing what they believe and what they don't believe. I don't want to live in a society where I don't know what's going to be right next year. You know what, in five years' time, what's going to be right? What's going to be acceptable? I don't know, but I know this book will not change. I can base my life on this thing here and I'll be stable in my, my life. It's not going to turn on me. It's not going to change on me. So I'm going to say, oh, sorry, Tark, I, I said that before that you had to do this, but now I've changed my mind. No, 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 you don't have to do that. It's what the world does to us. And one day everyone's confused. They don't know what's right or wrong, they don't know what's left. How do you do what's right? How do you even know what's right? So confusing. So <laughs> postmodernism, wow, it's a problem. So now what result, one of the results is New Zealand is now one of the most secular nations in the world meaning that religion is increasingly having limited influence. Religious institutions like the church are losing social significance. 
That's a tragedy, folks. Church used to be at the heart of society, the heart of community. It's where people used to turn in years gone by. Very recent survey, I think just last year, of New Zealand, that the percentage of people in New Zealand who, who just say, you know, what is your religion? Christian, doesn't mean they're born again, but they say, yeah, they say Christian. Last 50 years or so, it's just declining every single year. Just rapid decline, where people don't even identify with the Christian faith anymore. So New Zealand is increasingly removing God from its society. When you remove God, it's not good. It's not a good thing at all. So even in arguments, you can't invoke God or this book. They say, no, no, you can't do that. It's not, it's not recognized in, in many, many places. So you think about this. Fallen, sinful man from the garden has become the definer of what's good and evil. So people out there living sinful lives, we're all fallen, all sin. So again, they're going to tell you what's good. They're going to tell you what's right. They're going to tell you what's wrong. And guess what? The world is listening. The world is listening. Fallen, sinful man, defining. No, no, friends. We don't define what's right and wrong. It's being defined. <laughs> it's being defined, and it's never going to change. So, friends, you and I, we, that's, that's why my, my whole message is, you and I, we've just got to be in this book. Yes. We've got to be in this book. Because if we're not, we're just going to believe all the lies that have been thrown at us through social media. Every media out there is throwing lies at you. And if you're not in this book, you will slowly but surely start to believe the lies. And when you believe the lies, your life is going to go down, down, down. But if you read this book and believe what's in the book, your life will go up. Yeah. And God will bless you. So we've got to understand what is being thrown at us by society. And uh, so we urgently need to exalt this book back to its rightful place. Let's go to Psalm 119, verse 45. I, walk, I shall walk in freedom, for I have sought your free precepts. Everyone say freedom. freedom. Mm, where did it come from? Seeking his precepts. Oh, really? John 8, 32. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Yeah. So we are, <laughs> people think that by doing what this book says, it's going to make you miserable. People think that by doing what feels good, is the way to live. That they think they're gonna find freedom by doing what feels good. I'll tell you what happens, it actually ends up in bondage and despair and hopelessness. See, the, the world is always telling us how to live. We've gotta understand this, friends. So the paper, the newspaper, the, the Herald, the, the, the news, it's always telling you how to live. It is. You may not realize it's happening. It's just feeding in you all the time, nonstop, how you should live. But we gotta make a decision that the world is not going to tell us how to live, but that God, through his word, is going to tell us how to live our lives. Yeah. And it's poles apart. It's light and darkness. It's good and evil, if you like, in many, many ways. So we, we need to live in this book so our lifestyle is influenced by God's word, not by the media. So 1 Timothy 3.15, the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. It's a church. It's a pillar and foundation of truth. One of the highest callings on the church is to uphold truth. Yeah. To uphold the truth of this book and this word. No one else is going to do it, friends, out there. It's our, our mantle. And so can I just move that from the church to you? Yes. You and I. 
We have a responsibility. We are the pillars of truth because you actually are the truth. You are the you are the church. So together, we uphold this book to a broken and lost society that's turned away from truth and is believing lies. So we together can uphold truth for our community, for our street, our family, our society. And that's one. We, we've got to be the pillars and the foundations of truth. That's your calling on your life. It's calling on my life. And I think one of the reasons that God's given us, uh, you know, the radio ministry and the television ministry, part of it is to keep upholding the Word of God. Keep declaring truth. Keep, keep preaching the Bible the best that we can do that. Isaiah 59, 14, truth has fallen in the streets. So the enemy, listen carefully, continues to dismantle truth step by step, line by line, one issue by another issue, dismantle truth with leading the world into more and more gross darkness. Countries and organizations, companies, rewrite their constitutions. Our world is rewriting the laws of God. It's very heartbreaking. It's very troubling to hear about it because I see the consequences of a world in complete disarray and people lost and hopeless and depressed and without any sense of future. It's just a strategy of the powers of darkness. It's very, very sad. John 14, verse six, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He's the truth. Contrast to that, Satan, prince of this power, you know, has so much influence in the world today. John 8, 44, there's no truth in him. He is a liar and the father of it. Wow. Satan, who's influenced our world today, is the father of lies. There's no truth in him. You've got to think about this, folks. I have to think about it. There's no truth in him. So you're being fed lie after lie after lie after lie after lie. The more you believe those lies, the further your life drifts into despair and devastation. So we've got to counter it. That's why it keeps saying we, we've just got to be in this book. So we believe truth. And the truth, my Bible says, sets us free. It blesses our lives. It does us good in so, so many ways. There's an epidemic of lies across the globe. There's a recent poll recently taken, and they were shocked to find this a Christian poll, this dramatic drop in biblical beliefs with Christians, with Pentecostals and charismatics. Dramatic drop in believing the very basics of what's in this book. I hope you're not numbered among those. And um, one of the reasons is probably for that less Bible-based preaching, maybe a more a me-centered message of what God can do for me. I'm all for that. Hey, look, I, I preach it myself. I'm all for God who wants to bless you, wants to do you good. We talked about this at the beginning of the service. I'm all for that, friends, that we need to do that. And God wants, he wants to bless you. He wants to give you breakthroughs. He wants to give you answers. But we cannot leave out messages on sin, on holiness, on repentance, on sacrifice, on heaven, and on hell. We cannot dilute the word of God. 
We cannot minimize truth. Because we wound people. We do them an injustice. Stirs me to the core that this book, truth, it must be upheld. That's why we need a Bible reading revival. So often we, you've heard me say it again and again, we preach all the promises of God and the yes and amen and they're fantastic and I love them, but we cannot leave out the conditions of how a truth, a promise might be outworked in your life. Because people say, you said God would A, B, C, and D. He hasn't done it. Christianity doesn't work. Friends, it does work. Yeah. It works. Yeah. But you've got to fulfill the conditions. Yeah. Not just grab a hold of all the promises of God. Yeah. God does want to bless you. Make no mistake. I'm going to wrap this up. But you know, many people can't believe that the truth sets you free. <laughs> they can't believe that if you forgive, it's going to set you free. Yeah. That if you turn good for evil... If you pray, you fast, give generously, if you surrender, that's all gonna bring you into greater freedom. No, no, people struggle with Christianity because they feel it's the enemy of freedom. They think it's a lot of do's and don'ts. It's gonna restrict, it's gonna control my life. I'm not gonna be able to enjoy my life at all. But the reality is, friends, truth is, truth, the truth is that freedom comes from a submission to truth. Freedom is not an absence of restrictions. It's not the way the world works. It's not the way your life works. Let me put it this way. Let me ring on a very natural level, all right? So I have to watch my, my sugar levels because I have a sweet tooth and I just love lemon meringue pie and every evil thing that you can think of I really enjoy. <coughs> you know, uh, carrot cake and all the rest of it. So I won't go down there. I love my ice creams as well. But, uh, coconut rough and uh, not goody-goody drops, but I, I love all these things. But the doctor said to me, Tate, you, you've got to... You gotta, um, You've got to be careful what you eat. And um, I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, your blood sugar, you just got it. So I said, Doc, Doc are you, you're going to restrict my life. Are you going to, you, Doc, you're going to, I didn't say this to him, but they were like, you're going you're to now control my life. So I can't do these things that I enjoy. So I'm faced with a choice. <laughs> Will I allow my life to be restricted <laughs> so I can have good health and live to 120? whatever, uh, or am I going to say, doctor, you cannot restrict how I live my life. I'm going to walk in freedom. And he'll say, good luck, go for it. <laughs> Get my point. Yes. Freedom is not an absence of restrictions. In fact, freedom comes from restrictions. You live according to this book, and the truth will set you free. There's a lot of don't do this, don't do that, don't do the other, don't, 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 and I'll set you free. But people say, oh, no, I don't want my, no one's going to control my life. Good for you. <laughs> Maybe you're good at a sport. Maybe you're good at a musical instrument like me. <laughs> so you want to be good at it? You're going to have to restrict your life. Why? So you can practice, 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 practice. Some of these people get up 5 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning. You know why? So they practice, so they can't do this and they can't do that and they can't eat this and they can't eat the other thing. They restrict their lives. Why? So they can perform and do better. So restrictions is a way life actually works. But the greatest restrictions are the ones you find in this book because they will actually bring you into freedom and set you free.
So fish fry, thrives in water. It's what it's created for. What happens if one day the fish says, ha, it's not going to restrict me to water. So it jumps out of the water. Next thing it's what? Dead. It's made for the water. It thrives in the water. Your life is made for this book. If you live in this book, you'll enjoy freedom. You'll enjoy life. It's what you are made for. To live according to the word of God and the truths that we find in scripture. And tells us, you know, some restraints we do have to cast off. But if we do that, we're in trouble. So the world's just got it wrong, completely wrong, when it says to enjoy life, you have to have no restrictions. Can't tell me what to, it's, it's, just, it's a lie that many people buy into, including Christians. Because Solomon had a go at this. Cast off all restraints. Indulge in every pleasure. Wealth, servants, everything he wanted. 700 wives. Well, that was a mistake. <laughs> 300 concubines. I don't even wonder if he knew all their names. It's just a thought. But anyway, he did all that. And you know what he said at the end of it all? The end of it, do you know what he said? After he had all the pleasure in the world, some, I won't go too far on that one. But anyway, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Who's ready for the conclusion of the whole matter? Conclusion of life. What is it all about? Fear God and keep his commandments. That is man's all. Fear God. Keep his commandments. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. It is incredibly simple, and God will help us on the journey. So, as the musicians would please come, can we make a decision today, please, that you and your family are going to read God's Word daily and be ones who uphold the truth. It is time for abiding, <laughs> a Bible-reading revival, because with that, you will enjoy a life of greater freedom. Your transformation, not just information. You'll have more peace, more joy, more victory, more breakthroughs than ever before. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, and it doesn't get any better than that. Amen. Thank you, campuses, for joining with us today. If you don't hear from me again, Merry Christmas. Hope you have a fantastic Christmas day and a wonderful, wonderful new year. God bless you. We love you all. Take care.